Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the AfterBuzz TV Fear the Walking Dead After Show for Season 2, Episode 1. I am so excited to break this down for you guys. I've been waiting since the press screening to watch this two weeks ago, and I cannot wait to talk to you about it. I've got a great panel. Let's get straight into it. Stick with us. We'll see you guys this You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everybody? Monster. The episode called Monster. So I can't believe it. actually let you do this. We had, to, we had to Gaga it in. Yeah, it's pretty oh good. They always are like, what should we play for the episode? It's like, how often do you get it that easy? There's a Lady Gaga song called Monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like hoping like there's like some some episodes that are named after like 38 special songs or like yeah, things yeah, like that. You yeah, know? bringing them every day. Yeah, shut up and dance with me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe some Motley Crue or something. I don't yeah. know. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. This is the AfterBuzz TV after show for Fear the Walking Dead season two, episode one, titled Monster. We're back after six months off. There's so many exciting things to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And we have a new panel. Well, kind of a new panel. Kinda. It's half the old panel. We have the Hello, strange vet. English fella. Yeah. Hello. It's yes. like season one, the remix. Yeah. You know, we're Something like keeping that. it cool, but keeping it lively. Probably you brought me in for this season so you can kill me off. <laughs> yeah, right. At, at the break, we'll halfway pre- we'll through. We'll predict th- at the end of every episode, which episode's Simon going to die? Which <laughs> hey, one's you know, he gonna... <laughs> you know, almost dead Simon. Oh, yeah, we know yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, guys, I'm Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to start at the end. Mr. Simon Thompson, welcome to the show. Thank yes, you very welcome. much indeed. Woo. That's a very warm welcome. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Showbiz Simon. A name I gave myself, but I'm still not entirely convinced by it. Are you kidding, man? <laughs> I feel like it sounds a little bit like a child's entertainer from the 90s, but yeah, I've got it now. You're pure so. showbiz, man. Your accent makes you that much you. more just like Whatever pro pays and the cool. Bills, it makes money, man. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Do what you gotta do. One of these days I'm gonna open a new show, like a mm. season one of a show that I do this with it, just with an accent, and I'm just gonna see how long it is before the fans catch on that I, in fact, don't have that accent. That could be really interesting, But actually. I'm gonna see if I can make it happen. Okay. I'm gonna try to learn from you. You know, it'd be interesting if you did a new accent every episode, too, just yeah. to like keep people on their toes. People would stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good at accents. Uh, Ashley Chapman, thank you for coming back. Yes. Welcome to the show. Where can the folks find you? Hey guys, I'm on Twitter, Ashley underscore Chapman. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be back here for season number two. Yeah, so before we get into breaking down the episode, I should remind everybody that we are on iTunes, yes. so please give us ratings and reviews. Keep Thumbs us high up. in the standings. We provide free content. We want to conti- continue to keep providing free content, yes. and uh, we can do that if you guys give us five stars, rating reviews on iTunes, and all that. Leave your thoughts and comments below. Uh, of course, you can follow AfterBuzzTV on Twitter, at AfterBuzzTV. And, uh, and and that should pretty much do that. Yeah. So we should get in the And we're in the chat, too. And also, oh, yeah. yeah, we do have yes. live chat. I'm kind of the secretary here. Yeah, yeah you are. Hello there. <laughs> You're the social media Hold correspondent. Yes. So, yeah. Um, very, very busy already. Yeah. Um, yeah, the two main topics of conversation uh, are Strand. Of yep. course. He's awesome. And Alicia. Yep. Yeah. Got everybody talking. Standard. Perfect. Alicia. Yeah. She's yeah. a fan you guys favorite. She's it, kind of popular. She's crazy popular. 
uh, if any anybody that I have uh, met over the last few weeks is is watching this, welcome to the show. This is exciting. Yes. I get to do a show because they all stopped watching the hundred because they hated the fact that she died yes. on the hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I connected to this fan base, this Alicia fan base. So now, guys, you can watch a show with Alicia that I'm doing. This is so fun. I get to talk to you <laughs> here on the show, and uh, and we're all on even even ground about that. So let's start start with the beginning of the episode. Yeah. We have uh, the whole gang escaping the beach. That's yeah. How we start things out. We have a, a pretty sweet zombie death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't you think it would explode the motor or like, I don't know, just it wouldn't be that easy? I mean, yeah, I, I was just happy to see like some more action. This was the opening scene for this the, the season. And, you know, when you think of The Walking Dead, it's usually like that. There's some sort of explosive, right. you know, really violent zombie killing. So I, I actually liked it. I mean, of course, there's there's a lot about this show that you kind of just have to mm. suspend your disbelief a little bit. Of course. Um, but I mean, other, other than that, I thought it was a really great opening. Um, cinematic, very cinematic feel this episode. So I liked it. Just, oh. All around. Also, the like the degradation of the zombies that we see in Walking Dead, we're over two years later, so they're yeah. all so degraded now. We're yeah. super fresh, so all the zombies yeah. still kind of look like just newly dead people. So I was thinking a real like a head that hadn't really fallen apart yet wouldn't have been as easy to just. But I don't know. I guess I guess the blades are pretty strong. You seem to know a lot or have an alarming interest <laughs> in human heads going into motorboats. But yeah, I mean, I think this is where the show is is really going to have fun yeah. because the first season ah uh, took me a couple of watches to actually you know fall in love yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very different tone, mm-hmm. and this one has come out of the gates. Yeah, both guns blazing, lots of action, and a lot of character development. Yeah. So I think they're really going to, especially in the first opening episodes of the season, really going to have fun with that. And I think the zombie deaths yeah. are going to be something that I think are going to be a key part of that. There already appears to be much more interaction mm-hmm. between the humans right. and the walkers, um, which I, I think is something actually really fun for them to explore. I think it's a good move. But to your note with that, I think that it's, it's interesting now to see sort of different zombie deaths because we've yeah. seen so many different zombie deaths. So it's kind of like, okay, what's really new? But for that, like that was pretty, pretty different. Like something I hadn't seen in The Walking Dead in a while. Yeah. So I think with this, hopefully they'll kind of it just explore. I mean, as morbid as it sounds, we'll kind of explore some different zombie deaths in some ways. That, mm. You know, since these are, are fresher zombies, um, some ways that they can kind of you know yeah. kill them off, hacky sacky. Well, yeah, it is. It is definitely very interesting that we're starting. This show starting from where it started as obviously, I think, a show that everybody knew was going to be very successful. Yeah. Uh, they greenlit the second season, I believe, before the first season yeah. had even aired. Yeah. yeah. They knew they were going to go 6 and 16. 6 and 16, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what you get is an enormous amount of budget that's thrown at the show. That yeah. In The Walking Dead season two, a lot of the reason they stretched it out so long without the zombies was because they didn't have the budget for it. They weren't yeah. willing to spend the money yet. So now that they know this, they know they're going to get the rope for two, three, four seasons the way they approach everything is going to be very different than we saw with the first Walking Dead show. Yeah. Uh, and and to your point about sort of character development in this episode, mm. like we did really see a lot and they're really setting us up, I think, yeah. for the long game with a lot of these characters because in, in, in that first show, you know, and we're going to do something at the end of the episode, guys, something called Carol Watch. Anybody who's a fan of The Walking Dead knows how much of a fan favorite character Carol has become, yeah. how much of just a complete badass she is and went from obviously a very sort of meek character to yeah. just straight up Rambo. Just is just the most like... Yep. Totally agree. And so I think it's very interesting to know, um, I was telling you guys this, that I was able to speak to Gail Ann Hurd, who's Mm -hmm. the executive producer on the show, about Carol and how special of a character she is and who that Carol is going to be. Mm. And she sort of made the point to me that you don't, 
you don't we didn't know what we had until mm-hmm. season three with her. Yeah. We didn't because it hadn't developed that way. We didn't know we were gonna get the rope. And so now it's like you know, six seasons in, of course, we've had all this time to yeah. make this character what she is. But I think going into this show, they have to have in their mind a little bit who's who's that gonna be? Who's who are we gonna take from point A to point B and have this complete transformation? So at the end of the episode, we're all gonna sound off with Carol Watch, who we think it's gonna be, and every episode we're gonna revisit this to see sort of where we're at where everybody thinks we're at. Anybody on the chat wants to share their opinions there. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on that. I Um, think Simon might be the Carol watch for this this series, yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, God, I can feel feel the sort of Damocles already over my head. Elevate from the secretary in the chat to uh, (laughs) The secretary always dies. It'll be my last day on the job before I go for retirement, and I'm about to have a baby. Blum, 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 instantly dead. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, you're right about the the, the show and and moving it forward, because I I went to the launch um, a couple of weeks ago, and I I put a piece up on on Forbes on Friday. I'll put a link to it um, in the, the YouTube channel after the show. Um, and I uh, got to chat with um, Dave Alpert, um, Dave Erickson, and, yeah. and, and uh, Robert Kirkman, obviously oh, nice. the three guys behind the show. Yeah. Um, and they were saying, because we, we talked about budgets, yeah. and the budget has gone up, not just because it's gone to, to, to 15 episodes, yeah. but the fact that they were kind of like, okay, we what they learned from the first season was the fact that it, it was a different pace, it was very slow, yeah. but they wanted to do that to set themselves apart from Walking Dead. But now they're kind of going, okay, aside from the fact that filming on the water is really bloody expensive Expensive, and there's a lot of things that come with that they were just like actually we do want to have more fun with these things and they're already mapping out season three yeah so they're kind of going okay well we need this amount of money to make this happen which will then pay off further down the road right so it is a case of you know that they are investing and you know for the network to not invest yeah would have been you know a bit foolhardy to be honest with you because they've got to go they've got to go big and the tone is going to shift but i don't think it's going to lose that um that sort of intimacy that I think this yeah. has yeah. that perhaps The Walking Dead doesn't have. Yeah, and just thinking even bigger than budget, I'm really looking forward to, because since we've been talking about, you know, for The Walking Dead, they didn't realize what they had as far as character development. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the characters that are in The Walking Dead, you know, they weren't originally supposed to have lasted for yeah. as long mm. as they did. Yep. But because of the fan base, they, they sort of kept them Carol around. specifically. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I'm really interested to see, learning from those experiences, how the writing in this show is going to be a lot different and how they're going to sort of think out the characters' progressions. Yeah. You know, how they're going to have them make certain choices and how that's going to fit into the full scheme of, of yeah. the characters and the full scheme of the show. So I'm really excited about the writing this season Well, they're able well. to do that, of course, partly because with The Walking Dead, the, the, the comics, the comic books were already out there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But with this, they're kind of like going, okay, we've yeah. got effectively, in, in comparison, a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Let's draw, literally and figurative, these characters in the way that we want to do that, which yeah. is which is good. So I wonder if Dave Erickson and his background in uh, Sons of Anarchy, yeah. and then Kirkman, and just in his now his massive experience of, of writing all these comics yeah. and doing an entire first show. I kind of wonder what the show is going to end up feeling like. I wonder if it will reflect Sons a little bit that tone, or I wonder if Kirkman is is very if it's going to start start it's going to feel more like a Robert Kirkman comic book that we just don't know we're reading. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm very curious to see. I mean, either either, either of those outcomes I think will be yeah, really entertaining yeah, and very interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, we <laughs> would like win, to win. be excellent <laughs> yeah. or excellent. I'll go with excellent. excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so they uh, they escape the beach. There's some yeah. some pretty sweet uh, zombie killing on the beach. They're definitely not refined zombie killers yet. No, like, no. they're definitely you know there's like the rock move and there's like they're just kind of getting there they they haven't really you know refined their approach yet but they'll get there they're getting there um so you know we get on the boat and now now enter strand just Mm -hmm. just like the coolest like strand is 
and Strand was upgraded from season one. He was supposed to be like a minor character, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, they obviously upgraded him in season two because he was just such a fan favorite. Yeah. But he is just a stone cold badass and so well dressed. Yeah. So well dressed. <laughs> also ridiculously handsome. Yeah. Um. I I think I have a bit of a man crush. Yeah. Oh, you're blushing. Well, no, I do. <laughs> Omg. <laughs> um. No, I do because he's just. As you say, he's a badass, and you know that, well, you hope that his intentions are the right intentions. Yeah. But there's also an edge of him being just a bit of a dick. He's a little evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, uh, you, you don't want you don't want to cross him, but you're yeah. not entirely sure that you Can... want to get into bed with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you're kind of like, you, you just don't know what his intentions are. And I find that really, really interesting and really intriguing. Yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think he had his bags packed, everything ready to go before yeah. they got back to the house. Why do you think that is? I mean, they, they reference it in the show. Yeah. And it's a thought. And it, it's, a, it's a valid question. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he was ready to take off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he has knew. an ungodly amount of money, it seems like. Uh, and we, we know very little about him. He's so mysterious. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, th- there is the fact that he obviously had his stuff packed before everyone else, you know, t- t- to make the, the go. We've obviously heard him, um, Maddie overheard him uh, having a conversation and talking in Spanish, yeah. which he then basically kind of fobbed off as like, well, yeah. because I'm gifted, yeah. you know, I, I talk to people, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he was talking about, uh, later in the episode, about sounds on water and stuff like that, and he was expecting someone to be in the ne- in the vicinity when the when the radar went off. Yeah. I think he was, I think he he's going somewhere. Yeah. To do something, yeah. But whether that's at the expense of everyone else or whether that's just part of the story, I'm not quite sure. sure. I would like to think that he's just being made to look bad, but in fact, he's doing it for a good reason, right? Because if he's doing it for the other, I think it's going to go batshit crazy quite quickly. I think he's too. He would be too obvious of a guy to take in a villainous direction. Yeah, he's also too good of kind of an anti-hero in a lot yeah. of ways right now mm. for just to make him pure evil. Yeah. Uh, I love his relationship to Frank Delant and to Nick. Yeah. yeah. I think it's such a well-written relationship and for them, to, I, they conceptualize it obviously early in the prison in season one mm-hmm. but for them to be, to talk in this way, there's that great conversation they're having later and he's just like, he says, why are you here? And he's like, you mean on this boat or here existentially? Yeah. And he's like, either <laughs> it's like they're just so funny like yeah. they're such an odd couple those two i think they kind of obviously they're both searching for something in very different ways yeah. um you know strand is doing it because that there is an objective which he's heading towards yeah but i think you know chris is just looking for looking for something looking for a reason whatever that reason is you mean, yeah. You mean nick? yeah nick <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah sorry um you know he's just looking for something and he doesn't quite know what that is whether that's a emotional something a physical something yeah. a place to belong or a place as in a group of people to belong and i think he's really just the clarity that he's got now yeah. i think he's kind of like going well i've got this clarity but where yeah. am i going to direct my energies and where what where do i fit in to this group and, you know, obviously you, you have a firm leader in The Walking Dead, but here it's kind of like everyone's trying to work out who the the new leader is going to be. It reminded yeah. me a little bit of, you know, like the TV show Big Brother, where mm. everybody goes into the house on the first day and everyone's like, hey, hey, let's all be friends, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's a little bit of that at the moment because they've all been shoved on this boat together. They yeah. didn't intend to be there as that yeah. group. It's very much that beginning of the dynamic. And I think they're just trying to feel each other out. Yeah. And it's a case of with both of them deciding, you know, who, who's the leader? What is the relationship? Is it kind of like a, a drug pusher, drug taker kind of relationship? Right. Is, he, well, is, is he looking for something paternal? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my favorite scene in this entire episode was the, you know, I have 
my two rules. This yeah. is my boat. This is my boat. In case you missed it, this yeah. is my goddamn boat. In case boat. there's any confusion so, about rule number two, it's my, my goddamn, goddamn boat. boat. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to just seeing how his character plays into all of this. I know it would be kind of the obvious route for him to be villain. I don't think that he'll necessarily... He reminds me a lot, in some cases, of like an early Daryl in The Walking Dead. Yeah, where, yeah. good call. You know, he... he you, you didn't know exactly which way he was going to turn. Yeah. You know, he had his brother Merle, and, and it was just a lot of murkiness going on there. So with this character, but I like that. I mean, yeah. obviously, as a, as a character in the show, it, it doesn't help them to not really know whether or not they can trust him. But for as an audience person, somebody viewing it, it's mm. really, really interesting to watch. And, yeah, I mean... I'm definitely curious as to why he had yeah. all of his stuff ready to go, like kind of how he knows and right. He he just has kind of like a sixth sense about a lot of stuff. Well, actually, someone in the in the chat room, um, uh, TN Hand um, ten twenty two, has said maybe the boat in the house actually didn't even belong Long to him. him. Yeah. I kind of had that similar thought. So yeah, yeah, because at the very end, and not to skip too far ahead, but when Nick pulls out that that yacht club book, mm. I don't even think that we they they reference it anymore after he pulled it no. out. No. I was thinking like, okay, it was going to show that maybe the boat had belonged to somebody else and yeah. he had mm. stolen it. So I mean, well, that either could way. be the person that the, the personal persons that's pursuing them. Of course, could be, yeah. But at the same time, mm. you know, he's helped them so far. Like yeah. he seems on the up and up. It just it would seem really weird for him to have saved them, brought them to the house, take them on the boat. For the, him to just kill him, you know, like it. Yeah. There's there has to be something else there. Well, we've seen that he's a, he's a badass, yeah. but he, he is, does. Yeah. There is a softness to him as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, his scenes with Nick really yeah. prove that. Of course, he, it's so funny that like I was talking about this, but I think before we went live, but just when they cast The Walking Dead, when they cast that first show, the show had legs, and they knew that it was a good idea because mm. the comic had been tremendously successful and mm. Darabont had been developing the concept forever but the guys they cast in that show really like they weren't really anybody's yeah. like like I mean everybody remembers from Love Actually Andrew Lincoln you know he's got a famous scene that we all love and, yep. and John Barenthal had been one or two things here and there but most of the cast of season one of that show We're was kind just kind of unknown yeah or people they were character actors you'd seen here and there like the guys in this show I mean Cliff Curtis is just a stud. The guy's yeah. been amazing yeah. in a hundred things. Kim Dickens is like TV royalty. She's been in like four of my favorite shows. I mean, uh, Coleman Domingo, you know his credits the last few years are? Selma, 12 Years a Slave, yeah. The Butler, like incredible Oscar-nominated movies. These guys got picked, yeah. like really plucked for these roles. Yeah. And so I think it's very, very cool to see uh, you know, when I was talking to Coleman, I asked him what he auditioned with, and he auditioned with that cold open from I think episode four, season one. Mm. Uh, you know, the one where he's sitting there and he gives that long monologue. He's talking mm. to that guy who's just like, he's, it's really, really dark. I'm pretty sure, but it's mm. a, it's a straight like four pages of dialogue. And I just love that we're graced with the actors that have this level of talent to be able to take that sort of thing and just run with it. But also to the level of, of, of you know their success and you know their caliber, but they don't come with a lot of baggage from too many other shows. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, you've seen that they can already do it, but they're really bringing it. Interesting points on Strand, actually. Um, Strand is a pimp, definitely his boat. <laughs> uh, Morgan Freeman voice. <laughs> what else can you ask for? <laughs> um, uh, Strand had to set them straight just in case that they thought they were running things, which is the point yes. you made about the rules on the boat. Mm-hmm. And it says about Strand, uh, this is from Vicky in the chat room, about Strand not owning the boat. In one of the sneak peeks in the next episode, he said, this boat instead of my boat, and Salazar points it out. Mm. So that's a really good point. So yeah. that kind of backs up one of the theories that we were talking about there. I do yeah. love that one of my favorite things about Strand's character is like he seems to be 
totally comfortable in this world, in, in this like cutthroat world of turning on everybody. I mean, yeah. he was his willingness to leave these people behind and, and leverage things in his advan- to his advantage early on, it was, it was immediate. From yeah. the second you meet the guy, he's making deals. Yeah. But I also love, he's sitting on this amazing yacht and he looks like he's dressed like a freaking Gucci model. And he's he's sitting there, he's sitting there drinking like an espresso that he's made with like his, you know, his like French espresso maker, of course, on yeah. his boat. Of course. And he's just acting like life's fine, I'm on my yacht. Like, yeah, I've saved these people, but we're gonna work you know, he's just like such a he just he seems so in his element. Just so suave yeah. and like, you know, almost yeah. like a like one of those, you know, uh, Dos Equis commercials. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't always save people on my boat, but when I do, yeah. I'm doing it with an he could, He should be the new. He should be the new, new Dos, Equis Dos Equis guy because that guy's retiring. He'd be amazing. <laughs> nice. We said it here first, guys. I think if we just Cole got him a new Equis, job. Get him, yeah, get him a job, and we want fifteen percent. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Those 15. of you, those of you in the chat who are on Twitter. Tweet Coleman Domingo. I think it's like at Coleman underscore Domingo. Yeah. Look it up. You'll find it right away. Tweet him and let him know that AfterBuzz TV thinks he should be the new Next. voice Dos- of Dosakis. I will be doing it as Dos- soon as the show yeah. is over. That's a great idea. <laughs> it is. Um, all right. Let's let's move a little bit yes. into okay, cool. uh, yeah, Jack on the radio. Yes. Mm. Um, so this is a great plot point. Yeah. Uh, so we we start talking about uh, Alicia Debnam Carey here, who, you know, she's she's being set up to be the very young, very naive younger sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. It's a little frustrating that they would make that they would make the female character be the sort of like naive or dumb one to make this decision. Um, yeah. That they would instead of making Chris, who seems like just as clueless, but I guess he's going through his own stuff. Yeah. So you, like he's got he, they're giving him his own piece. But what I do think is awesome about her, I don't get the feeling from Chris that he's going to last. Like I I for my feeling is like Chris would be he would he would get killed off first. I get a feeling with her character, they're gonna—they're really gonna develop her character. Like, I think they're gonna really grow her, and I think that this mistake she just made mm. of giving out their coordinates to this guy Jack on the radio, mm-hmm. who very clearly was working her, right? Yeah. Very yeah. clearly, like, from the beginning, knew very exactly so. what was going on. I think this mistake's gonna teach her something. Yeah. Might, somebody might get hurt because of it, and I think she might sort of like ice up and become, yeah. Well, you—you you, sorry, no, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that, you know, I agree, and and maybe it's just because this particular episode they highlighted her sort of stupid mistake and that's maybe why we feel sort of that way like hope she doesn't become that character but i feel like all of the i mean it's it's teenagers it's young people who they're they're in this situation already that's chaotic and confusing so they're gonna make stupid mistakes and as we've seen with nick from the first season he Mm. was nothing but stupid mistakes pretty much um so i i I don't know if necessarily she'll be sort of the the highlighted you know kaputz girl for a while um but at the same time i couldn't be too mad with her because it's there's this, a, a point of her humanity that's right. also in there, yeah, you know, yeah. like with her and Madison, you know, we really see just them really trying to like hold on to yeah. being human beings and having compassion and trying to be sensitive and empathetic to other people that are, you know, are, are in trouble that need help. And, right. and with everything that's going on, you know, I kind of like that, that quality. And I hope that she doesn't lose that just completely. I hope that it remains there, but she just develops a little bit more, you know, um, just develops a little, just to a point where she can just think better a yeah. lot more and, yeah. and use her brain a little bit more and, and just be more mindful and like more wise about the situation she gets herself in. Let me ask you guys, usually with, uh, with these types of shows, these, these gigantic sort of like, um, post-apocalyptic or melodrama shows where everything mm-hmm. is kind of crumbling, you have a, a, a moral centerpiece, like a mm-hmm. focal point, like, uh, protagonist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jack and Lost or Rick and The Walking Dead. And the show kind of centers around their leadership role, 
right up until the point they break. Mm-hmm. They're questioned mm-hmm. and they change. Yep. And that's when the show usually gets really interesting. Yeah. So the question I have is whose show is this? Is this Madison or is it is it uh, Travis? Is it Cliff Curtis or Kim Dickens? For, I mean, from- for me, I would say it's going to be Maddie. Feels like it's going there. Yeah. That's what he told me. Because yeah. I, I talked to him. Like I said, Cliff, you're that guy. And he said, no, it's not my show. It's Kim's show. Yeah. And I told her that. And she laughed. And she thought it was funny. But yeah. I would be inclined to agree with you. Yeah. At first, it seemed like it was going to be Travis's show. But I think Liza's death is that thing that broke him a little. Mm-hmm. And it's too early to break his character. Yeah. I think Kim is, It's she seems to be getting it more than him. She's the one that's challenging. I mean, especially, again, when it comes to, to Strand, you know, not to sort of make the show all, yeah. all about him as a character. Um, but she's the one that's that's challenging. Um, and then it's it's... You know, it's the men that are kind of following through, and they're they're the physical doers. Yeah. But she's the one that's really. I think the only the only other person I think that that potentially could be the leader, but I don't think he will be, is Salazar, is Ruben Blades' character. Yeah, he's great because he is. You can see him, especially with people like Strand. Really analysing the calls that they're making and yeah. the effect on other people and how much of the decisions that they're making and suggestions they're making are for their own personal benefit yeah. and how much is is for the good of the group. So I think it's it's one of those two, um, and I think that's a good thing because I think to, to you know to, to to have the man as the leader, right. I think would make it too much like other shows, yeah. including The Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And you're actually you're, the women in The Walking Dead are great. But you're really spoilt for really interesting, strong women in this show. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fairly equal split on the boat right yeah. now. And it appears to be the, the women that are really coming with the ideas and, and to start the conversations. And the guys are the, are the doers. Yeah. yeah, and holding it together, too, yeah. with everything. Yeah, it, I thought that was an interesting scene when... Uh, you know, he, when 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 Strand says to Travis, "What are you gonna do, Travis? You feeling strong?" And you're like, "Oh, wow, he's getting he's getting a little uh, he's getting yeah. in his face a little bit." Yeah. And I don't think Travis would stand up to him and get in his face physically. That doesn't feel like Travis's no. character. No, not at all. I think that, that there is there is you know there's more chance of Salazar yes. standing up. He's much more. Know. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that's willing to get his hands dirty. I mean, even with the whole confrontation with Nick and, I mean, um, with Chris, you know, with where Chris punches him. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like with that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I get this his son and he was grieving and everything. But, yeah, I get the kind of feeling that, I mean, and I thought that there would be more of a transition like towards the end of mm. season one because Travis seemed to be more sympathetic and he seemed to have, you know, more of, of that like humanistic viewpoint and perspective and like, no, let's help people and let's, you know, we can't kill and we can't. But now it it, it, it seems like it's switching, but it also it, it doesn't feel like it's it's going to develop to a point where he's like Rick or yeah. even where he's like any of the other male characters in The Walking Dead. Well, it was really yeah. interesting with that with that slap scene because it's two men, mm-hmm. father and son, and you don't when it happened, they didn't neither of them knew how to deal with it. Yeah, they were both. I mean, the, the slapper was Which... kind of like, oh. Oh shit! I didn't yeah. actually. I thought to do it, but I didn't physically mean to do it. And, and then a punch obviously, too. yeah. And he was just like, and then Dad was like, yeah, I didn't see that in you, or I didn't see that coming. And neither of them mm-hmm. knew right. how to handle that, so he just walked away. My mother would have known what to do. Yeah. Let's, just, let's just be real. Oh yeah, yeah. She would have been. Yeah, I never would have guessed. That's that's TV for you right there. Um, so, but yeah. So okay. So Alicia's entire arc in this episode. Mm. Do you think? Do you think she realizes how badly she screwed up yet? I think so. But again, I feel like 
from she's coming from a place of just wanting to help. Right. And she has that very like loving, very caring. Like we see those those characteristics in her all throughout season one with her really trying to take care of of um of Nick. And so she's she is a, a caretaker. Like she she has that in her, which mm. is like I said, they're great qualities to have, but in this new world you kinda have to be very selective right. and you have to be smart because it's not just you that's at risk. I mean your entire family, everybody that right. you love, they're at they're at risk as well. So you know, it's like it's stupid, but at the same time I, I don't at least right now, I feel like it's too soon for her to just completely lose that. If it ever happens, I feel like it should develop into something else. Um, but I like that that characteristic that she has. It's very reminiscent of Madison, and you know, she didn't she didn't kill anybody at the beginning of this episode, right? Any any walkers? I don't, no. I don't think so. She still hasn't killed a walker yet. Yeah. yeah, from what I yeah from what I can gather. So that that'll definitely be a moment. She's yeah. still searching for the good in every situation. Yeah, I think is. there's that there's that mm-hmm. that sort of as you say nurturing hope that you think yeah. it's going to be okay. One thing I found really effective about the, the talking with with Jack on the radio was yeah. it reminded me of of uh, two films, um, The Fog. Never watched it. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, And uh, a horror movie called Pontypool. Hmm. Uh, set in Canada, there's a zombie outbreak outside, and there's a guy who stays on on air on a radio station. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it's on Netflix. If anybody wants to Ponty check it out, Pool, Ponty Pool, P O N T Y P O L, and it, it very much reminded me of that. And I thought the use of um, uh, the, the the song David Bowie's yeah. um, Five, Five Years, years yeah. I thought was absolutely first Great. class. But the music in this season, yeah. so far, has been. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, yeah. There was a right great... at the beginning, right off the bat, with the um, the, the scenes on the beach. Yeah. The music from that kind of reminded me of um, John Carpenter's movies. Uh, the yeah. music from Risky Business, yep. kind of Tangerine Dream yep. kind of thing, and also an element of of, of Tron. Yeah. And I think ambient synthy. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah, they appear definitely. to be already in in the way that the, the Walking Dead doesn't do this, um, of almost having the music as a character yeah. or yeah. or That's part of the storyline. Yeah. yeah. That, t- so, that, that Tangerine Dream stuff you're talking about from Risky Business. Yeah. Love on a Real Trans, obviously, like one of the the all time sort of characters in a scene mm. as far as music goes. And I definitely noticed that. I made a note of how rad the music was in the, in the last quarter of the show. It's just, it, there's just a tone. There's a tone to a lot of the scenes in this, yeah. in this show yeah. that I'm just like, it's that feeling when you're watching it, it's kind of a fist pump. Oh, you're like, this just feels so awesome. Yeah. It just yeah. feels good. And that um, combined, I feel, with the. Just the, the the way that they shot a lot of the scenes too, you know. Like I feel yeah. like the the style of this filming is very very different, slower pace in some cases, but it's also really there's something really beautiful about it, you well, know. The scene in the water yeah. with the zombies was was it was oddly beautiful. Yeah, yeah, really well shot. Uh, so, okay, so before we have like the Last Supper, so mm. to speak, um, there is this funeral, and yes. it's this sort of awkward, weird like. Travis is delivering a speech, and it's fully, completely the classic trying to say all the good things you can about somebody who's just passed away, which is not to say that it's the wrong thing. It's just that we've seen it in film, and if any of us are unlucky enough to have lost someone in real life, have experienced that Mm. in real life enough so many times that when you're seeing it in this show, it's like also a funny moment as a a zombie show fan when you realize – this type of thing is is never going to happen. Like yeah. we saw funerals early on in Walking Dead, mm-hmm. but you just funerals. And after a while, yeah. Funerals just stop happening yeah. because everybody dies, and it's mm. just there's just no time. There's no time to put somebody in a. To, 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 there's just no time for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's no time to process it either. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you become very numb. So I and I think it's interesting what they're doing with Chris's character. I he he right now has the has the Carl effect on me, where you're just like. 
you're just I'm just annoyed when you're on yeah. screen. Which but it's intentional. It's not yeah. he's not doing yeah. a bad job of it. It's you know that that's what they're trying to do yeah. with the character, yeah. but you know, Carl stayed that way for a long time before yeah. they some people would still say he does. Well, you know I'm not a massive fan of that character. Yeah. You know, he he bugs me. Yeah, but he's but he's come around. I mean, he's mm. he's a better character now than he then was. He, yeah. And it's amazing the other day I actually looked at a shot just like a picture of him from the first season. I couldn't believe how much older he looks. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. But um yeah, I thought that, that I thought that, that funeral scene was was definitely pretty interesting. Travis kind of gives his Travis kind of gives his, you know, she was so nice, she was so strong, she was so sweet. And then it's just over, and Chris mm. kicks her overboard. But then it's it's kind of like, well, what else? You know, what are you supposed to the say? Right you know, there. like yeah. what do you do? And yeah. and the whole situation, just the way that it happened. And I think you know, even though he knows that it was the right thing to do, Travis, he knows that it was the right thing to do to yeah. to end her. He probably still has a little bit of remorse and guilt for it mm. because you know he didn't get a chance. Um, to let Chris say, say goodbye. goodbye. Yep. There was no real resolve, no real, you know, tie it up with the bow, which you, either way, there, there wouldn't be that. I mean, like, you know, Daniel's saying there, there, it wouldn't have mattered either way. Yeah, right. Um, but I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know where they're exactly trying to go with Chris's character. He seems like he's a little flip floppy, you know, like with Madison, he seems to be more cool and understanding about it. Even yeah. when she was saying, look, I would have done the same thing, you know, type mm. of thing. Um, so I, I hope that they take his character in a different direction, but it, I think the funeral scene, like, it just kind of shows that he he feels like he's really out of control within everything. Yeah. And he's yeah. maybe not having as much of a voice as the other characters are, in a right. sense. And, and this is just him kind of lashing out and saying, like, hey, I'm here, I matter, you know. Something Don't I'm getting from his, from his character as far as confusion goes, because I think he... There is this a lot of feels going yeah. on there, yeah. you know, and I think he doesn't feel things that he thinks that he should feel, yeah. and I think some of his anger comes from the fact that he's kind of pissed off with himself, yeah. because you know you think you should feel a certain way about somebody dying, and you have to then obviously in this situation embrace the inevitability that you got to kill them or they're going to yeah. kill you, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you don't want to. You don't want to rationalise that and think, okay, that's yeah, the right thing to do. Because right. yeah. your mum's dead. Yeah. You know, it's just, you, you don't want to be okay with that. And I think that's where his struggle is coming from. And I think with the funeral scene, he just wanted to either have her with him physically yeah. or just get her the hell away. Yeah. So it's kind of like ripping off that Band-Aid. Yeah. And, you know, either I keep my mum and she's just going to rot or we put her in the water. But let's not prolong that process any longer because yeah. it must be really really mentally very difficult for his character to deal yeah. with that. Well, I mean yeah there's definitely two things going on there's one is we're dealing yeah. with a teenager we often forget this on shows when you're dealing with casts that uh, there's a lot of CW shows that deal with teenage characters and they're put in adult situations you forget this you yeah. forget that it is a teenage character so yeah. there's a certain amount of teenage angst that's going to go along with this character also a teenage character who just lost their mom. Of course. So it's those two things. I mean, that's that's completely understandable that he would he would lash out and be you know emotionally unbalanced. What did we think about his scene with Reuben Blades with uh, the the two of them fishing? Mm. Uh, that was that was interesting. You know, we had two things. Uh, there was actually a lot of different character relationships yeah. with the same characters that we had in season one, but interacting with each other for so the for sort of the first time. Yeah. yeah. So those two having their fishing scene, you had that weird scene with Nick <laughs> and Ophelia yeah. w- when they were passing each other like, is there like a romance thing happening here? I, I don't even not. know what's going I hope on. Not. Uh, and Ophelia, I'm like, okay, she said like three words this episode, so I hope that she's mm. not just gonna be like one of those, you know, characters that I don't think she will. Well and then no. and then Chris and Alicia in the first season 
I felt like wrapped up the season oh, yeah. with kind of a moment. Yeah. Uh, uh, towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. they had like a, that moment in the mm-hmm. house together. That weird moment too. They didn't interact in this episode once. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had so I thought that was all. They were setting the stage for a bunch of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. We, none of those relationships really were explored in the first season at all. Yeah. Uh, should we go over them just quickly one at a time? Yeah. Sure. Well, I think for Alicia and Chris, I mean, Chris is he's dealing with the death of his mom. So yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like for her, she's just kind of like, okay, well, let me just stay out of the way type right. of thing. Um, but yeah, that was really interesting. I, I hope that it's not. Because with this, I just don't want a lot of cliches for this show. Like, yeah. I really want it to be. I want everyone to be surprised. I want yeah. there to be a lot of twists and turns as best as we can because we know, obviously, we kind of know in some aspects where they're going to go with certain with certain things with certain characters. But I want to have that element of surprise there as much as possible. So I feel like it'd be kind of cliche for like the romance to sort of start with Ophelia and um, Nick. with Nick. But I mean, at the same time, like it, it, it could add something extra. There's only to the so show. many men and so many women on the boat. Exactly. I will say this though about Chris and Alicia, because you guys made fun of me because last season I was the only one who liked that scene. I was the oh, only. Yeah. I was the <laughs> only like, one. Yeah. I was the only one who was like, ah, I wouldn't mind it. I asked Dave Erickson straight up, "Are we going to see some Alicia and Chris romance?" And he said, mm. "No." He okay. Unabashedly didn't beat around the bush. Sorry, Chris has been cop blocked. He just shut it down. So that is not <laughs> totally happening. Confirmed by the showrunner. Yeah. Um, so, but what about the Ophelia relationship? What do you think, Simon? The Ophelia Nick relationship was that just a weird scene? Was that just establishing that? Uh, yeah, I think there's. Uh, here's where I think that is going. I think there's an awkwardness by the fact that I think they are interested, intrigued by each other, whether that's romantically or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is going to come into play, and I think I might be, you know, getting ahead of myself, but the character Jack from the radio. Yeah. What I see kind of coming into play here is the fact that if he comes over, he, obviously he's already got one of the girls on side. Tries to get the second girl on side, but actually there's some sort of um, romantic interest there with her. And so that's where he's going to come in and kind of, you know, force his position as, as one of the males on the boat. Because there's this unspoken, whether it's, a, as I say, romantic connection or not, right, right. I think there's something where he will be her knight in shining armor at some point. Or vice versa. There's nothing to say that she couldn't save his ass yeah. from any situation because she can. Um, but I think she doesn't quite know. I think because of his history, she doesn't quite trust him. Yeah, she finds he might be potentially very unreliable. He, you he know, definitely is because he's he's obviously <laughs> you know he can crumble. Yeah, yeah. you know he's he's shown that before. Um, and I think she's probably nervous about putting you know any too much faith or relying on him too much at this point yeah. until he's done something to prove. And I think that with bringing Jack in. I think, or whoever else is is on the boat that's nearby. Yeah. I think that's where that's really going to come into play, and they're going to kind of know then where each other stands. What's the age difference? Do you think how old? How how old only a couple of years? I think not Nick, not much. I'd say two two years. You think Nick is supposed to be like what, like eighteen ish? Yeah, probably yeah. 19 and she's supposed yeah, to be like twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Maybe kind like in her maybe, mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. I would say he's maybe a bit a bit older, sort of nineteen twenty. Yeah. I think okay. perhaps. Anybody but, in the chat knows this? This I feel like that's something we actually probably are supposed to remember. That would be great. One thing interesting: those Chris and Salazar equals Glenn and Dale. You were just talking about um, oh, Salazar yeah. having the conversation. Mm. Very good comparison there. Yeah. I'll look at the that's results there. But just to really quickly wrap up on that point, with I think relationships. This is kind of going to be the beginning of sort of what happens when there's an apocalypse and there's very few people who are alive. And so it's not necessarily about like, oh, who do I have a, like more of a romantic connection with? It's I think it's going to be like the relationships or at least the romantic relationships. It's going to be kind of based on like, 
who's here and right, like right. who who was there at mm. that time when I had a moment and you and I had a moment and let, let's just kind of see like what the hell like let's go for it because I mean how many other people are there alive so and that's what that kind of the feeling that I got from like towards this last season of The Walking Dead just kind right. of relationships sort of forming not necessarily because it was something brewing but just because it was two people in a place at a time and something sure. just happened so mm. I feel like that's that sporadic um, you know feeling is probably going to take off with a lot of the, the yeah, teenage relationships. Got some response in the chat room. Yes. Um, okay, this is what we're looking at at the moment. Stepbro hash sis. Um, Alicia and Chris are siblings. That's it. Um, Alicia seems the type to go for someone a bit older. Chris is a year younger than her. Um, Alicia likes thinky artists. Um, Alicia needs a sword and dagger. She should have kept them from the 100. Yes. Mm. That's no, coming but, from Taylor Harris. But no, but no yeah. Thanks, Taylor. Ophelia. Mm. But nothing on the ages. Nothing on the ages. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, let's let's chat a little bit about this this pirate situation because I do want to make sure we cover that before the episode wraps up. So a couple of interesting things here. Uh, Chris goes swimming, and 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 Nick runs after him, yep. and it's like this awkward thing. We see zombies in the water, so that's the first time we now we've seen floating zombies in The Walking mm. Dead. And but then Chris has this weird moment. I'm sorry, not Chris. Uh, Nick has this weird moment where he says, "I hear someone." And you're like, "Who cares? Yeah. Like, what do you yep. mean you hear?" But it was just a weird moment. He he tunes out. Swims into like an underwater compartment in a sinking, you know, broken ship. Yep. And he encounters a walker, but after the walker lunges at him and he kicks him away, the walker seems to be confused and he doesn't know what's going on. So mm. are we th- are we sort of sort of to believe that like water and the sense of smell is what prevents the zombie from being able to see you? I was curious what was going on there. Did you guys know? Um, I mean, there were a lot of walkers that were still trying to come after him in the water, but that was, I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't know if that necessarily is going to be, that'd be interesting, but at the same time, it's like they're surrounded by water, so it would yeah. take less away of the threat of walkers trying to attack them. Or is it the, if, because obviously, you know, they, they did interact in, in the water. Um, it might be the fact that if there's the movement of the water, basically distracts from the oh, movement yeah. of the physical human so they can't tell whether it's a human that's moving sure. or whether Something it's the else. water that's lapping against the boat they can't make some sort of distinction between the two it's not like they're dolphins right you know um i think that might be it as well um but i i i like the fact that he he went under the boat and they're using something they used in in the walking dead a lot was the holes the with the light shining the light. through yeah, it's a cool way to like to see um, and obviously the bullet holes are a key point here because yeah. somebody had to fire yeah. to create the you don't just get bullet holes in the bottom of the boat. Um, you know, someone is obviously there as well. So, and that's who we assume is possibly coming back, yes. which is perhaps Jack's people. Yeah. That's what we, that's what made me think. So you had mentioned you think Jack might be sort of a romantic character with Alicia. Um, you don't think that we're just going to be dealing with some really dirty pirates and the first sort of real life people villains that this group's going to have to take down to survive. Do you think there's a chance that it's going to be trying to meld to, you know, mesh together two groups? I think that that's going to be the intention that's there. I think there's going to be some sort of um, uh, conflict in in some way in order to mm-hmm. it'll be like a peeing contest. It's going to be, you know, who who's got who's got the bigger balls here out at sea. Got it, got it. You know, it's it's going to be that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to go just straight out pirates with this because I think that would be very much like they've done with the saviors in the walking dead and you don't want to just basically have that you know on water you want to have some sort of different dynamic so i think there is going to be something different that we haven't seen yet in these shows at play here but also we calling them walkers 
We should probably call them swimmers now. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> floaters. floaters. I mean, so yeah. Those are good. The word zombie doesn't exist in this in this yeah. universe, which is yeah. a, it's like a, that's that the weird detail of the Walking Dead universe where zombie and zombie the the whole zombie lore is not something that was created before this. Yeah. So they referred to them as the dead. There's the, there's dead on land is what it was referred mm. to in this yeah. one. So they haven't started calling them walkers. I don't think dead on land would be the worst theme park ever, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> or maybe even the most interesting. I don't know. I might yeah, want to that's true. That when when Nick came up with the with the like uh, the the book in the you know from the yeah. I, it kind of reminded me of that scene in Happy Gilmore when he like dives in to find his golf ball and he comes up <laughs> and you're like, like who it was cares here, yeah, this is yeah. random get who, the heck out the water yeah, yeah. you feel like did you need to doodle died. what was oh, that yeah. like, I forgot yeah. my pen and paper what's the problem so so we, we uh, Strand seems that seems to know how fast the boat can go mm-hmm. he's, he's he's very zoned in on on getting away from these people so we're very worried about some and and the scenes from the future episodes looked awesome mm-hmm. looks like there's gonna be some sort of conflict that happens yeah. very quickly um, so to wrap things up guys I want to hit Carol watch before sure. we get into predictions. So uh, if anybody wants to play along with us who's watching or listening and you want to tweet, uh, use the hashtag, hashtag FTWD Carol Watch. We're gonna, and we're going to run that the whole season. Hashtag FTWD Carol Watch. Who you think has the best shot of this cast becoming the next Carol. So let's go down the line one at a time. Simon, what do you think? Okay, I've got two very different characters here. I think Alicia yeah. could be one very strong contender. But we haven't really seen that development with a male character yet. No. And I'm just wondering if that character is either going to be Salazar or is it going to be Strand? Salazar and Strand are too much badasses already. But I, but I, I just think there's so much depth in those characters. I think they're so well written. We're seeing that already. There's a lot of intelligence there that I think we're going to see a big. The the characters that we know at the moment already, I think they're going to be very different by the end of this season and start of season three. So there's going to be a lot of switching. Who's your official vote? You get one this episode. Oh damn! I'm okay. This week I'm gonna go with Alicia. Okay, what do you got, Ashley? I'm gonna go with Nick. You're on Nick. Okay, I like Nick. That's reasonable because I see a lot of similarities between Nick and Carol. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they both have come from like abusive type situations. Like Nick obviously abuses drugs, so they they're they were very um, attached. You know, like very dependent on people, on things. Um, and so I see a lot of those similarities from the first couple of seasons of Carol and The Walking Dead. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, I'm so close to choosing Ophelia, mm-hmm. but okay. I'm going to choose Alicia. And okay. Alicia, to me, they just they gave her a lot of screen time, and they really, in this episode, highlighted her mistake. Yeah. I think she's going to have to learn real quick, and I think yeah. she will. I think they're going to use her well in that way. Um, but my second, and, and I may end up voting for her in another episode, is Ophelia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mercedes Mason is she's great and I think she she has a good shot at it. So yeah. uh, it would make sense. Like give her something to do, please. In the chat room, Travis or Nick. Nick is gonna be the Michonne or Daryl. Um Alicia, big time. Yep. Um if it's a guy, I'd say Nick, but Alicia's my first choice. Um I like Nick too. Mm-hmm. Nick is an addict, his focus is on pills, not protecting others like Carol. Very interesting and very valid points there yeah. coming up in the chat. People feel really strongly yeah. about this. Thank you, chat. Yeah, excellent. Carol watch. Um okay, and then last guys, let's just go over any any additional predictions we have before we sign off here. Uh what do you guys think for next week for the rest of the season after buzz tv prediction i think that we're gonna see i think there's gonna be a shift in the next couple of episodes with strand and i think we're gonna find out very quickly what his priorities are yeah and i think he's gonna have to question those so that i think there's gonna be a really big crisis of his own confidence in himself and what his true intentions are with strand he's the one for me right now I'm really interested to sort of see where Daniel, his progression with the show is. Um, if he, and I kind of have this this 
idea that maybe like he kind of wants to sort of take over and be sort of the Rick character of the group and kind mm. of so because of his past and yep. because there's still a lot about him that we don't know about. Um, so I, I'm kind of thinking that he, he he's like, oh, I'm looking out, I'm watching, but it's just kind of so he can see an opportunity to monopolize on it and sort of take over in a sense. So I'm thinking that him and Strand are going to have some pretty cool scenes together they're, as well. They're pretty sweet and pretty badass already. I think they'll continue to be that way. Yeah. Um, I am going to definitely just predict Chris is dead by the end of the season. That's my that's my uh, that's my big it's my big prediction for the season. I think Chris bites it. Um, Literally, yeah. Yeah, I just I, he just feels to me he's got that feeling, and I don't think they're going to invest a lot of time in developing him I think some of the other young characters they seem more easy to develop mm-hmm. uh, but I could be wrong that's my prediction well you were right about Liza last season so I, I have to give it to you you were, you were literally dead on yeah uh, guys where can the folks find you if they want to follow along before next week uh, you can find me on Twitter at Showbiz Simon also the same on Instagram or you can find my Facebook page this is Simon Thompson hey guys you can find me on Facebook Ashley Chapman with a T not a P and then on Twitter Ashley underscore Chapman thanks for watching guys I'm Ben Bateman you can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram I'll be tweeting about this all week and I'll see you guys next Sunday thanks so much for tuning in I can't wait see ya from executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 